Well, hello, friends. This is Pastor Frank, and you're listening to uh, the AG Network. And I'm here with my friends Ron and Ray, and we'd like to share our hearts with you today. I I hope you can feel free to join us in one way or another. Just share your own thoughts. and Of course, we would love you to be in touch with us. Call us anytime, write to us. I'll tell you about that later on. But I'd like you to know that we just letting the Lord lead us here as we talk about some things that are very, very interesting. I have just three verses I think I'd like to read off to all of you right now. Listen to this. It's in Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. The Apostle Paul wrote these words, and he's writing it, by the way, from a prison. But here are the words that he wrote. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayers and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts, minds, through Christ Jesus. You know, when I read those passages, I, I, I wonder about a couple of things. Ray and Ron, see how you think about it. Paul's writing, he's in prison. I mean, there's nothing exciting about that. Uh, I mean, it's not a good feeling, I don't think, to be in prison. But he is, and he's incarcerated. And while he's there, he wants to write a letter to Christians. And that's what this is. This is the epistle to the Philippians. And we call it an epistle, which means the same as a letter, and it's being sent to Christians to read. And the Apostle Paul called of God to be an apostle, writes precious words from God Almighty that we might hear the message. Now, what gets me, guys, is what I wanted to ask you about. And you see, if you if you have a Bible and you're looking at the passages, you notice in verse 6, be anxious for nothing. I have a question. How could you not be anxious in this kind of world that we're living in? Everything's gone wrong for quite a while now in our country. There's all kinds of stories that go around what's happening in in the political world, in every place in the world. There are problems. And we're finding out more and more every day that it's we can't even comprehend it all. But here's Paul in prison. How could he say be anxious, not anxious? He could say be not anxious. How could he say that? Uh, he must be anxious, or is he? That's, that's the question we have. Do you think the Apostle Paul is anxious. What's your opinion about that? What's your opinion about anxiety, by the way? Well, I I kind of think that in verse 6, what you just quoted, be anxious for nothing. Like you said, here is a man in prison, 
And in those days, in prison, it wasn't uh, three meals a day and air conditioning and heat and stuff like that. <laughs> More than likely, he was in some kind of a dungeon. But in verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. He is a man in prison, and he seems to be very happy. Well, I wouldn't that, say happy, but he seems to be content with what the, he's going through right now. Yeah, but my response to that, Ray and Ron, is that it doesn't make sense. You know, I, I would say, I'm a Christian now, but uh, mm-hmm. let's pretend I'm not. <laughs> like, um, how can you not feel anxious when you're incarcerated, where you got the Roman government out to get you, and people want to, to put you away and kill you and all of that? Uh, he has very little means there. I don't know what he gets for food, but it may not be too much. He can read. He does have things to read. But how can he say, don't be anxious? (laughs) Well, I think myself, he is... We're talking about a man of great faith. I mean, we're not talking about your average person like myself, the average Christian. If I'm, like I said before, if I'm on top of the mountain... Uh, everything is going good and stuff, and I don't really uh, think that much about what God is doing in my life. I figure, hey, look, uh, everything is happening okay. But then again, when I get down in the valley, that's when, hey, Lord, help me out. I need your strength and stuff like that. But I think Paul had an even temperament. Whether he was on the top of the mountain or he was in the valley, his great faith just got him straight through everything. I I can agree with that. I just wonder how other words that he put here in this passage. He writes, rejoice. Now, wait a minute. You know, I get upset, anxious, if my car wouldn't start on a morning. Of course, everybody does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't sound like, and he's in prison. Shouldn't he be complaining a lot more than the fact that I'm complaining about my vehicle won't start up like it should? I mean, what do you think, Roy? I mean, Ron, do you always rejoice? Do you get anxious? What is this? I <laughs> tend to think that Paul was so secure in the Lord, knowing beyond what we know, that he he wouldn't be anxious because of that security in Christ. And I think that it's because he saw Christ. He was taught by Christ. I was going to say that. And I think his faith is just super faith. Right. I mean, we as humans, uh, whether we're Christians or not, sometimes say, what is this all about? I don't think right. that he had those thoughts. Now, I right. could be all wrong. I'm, this is an opinion, but I think it's because he just had a super faith. Yeah. He just he knew what, what no, was No, I, 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 I think what you say makes sense because, after all, 
Paul knew about the miracles mm-hmm. that Jesus uh, produced in his own walk on the earth here, the mer- and then the resurrection. Paul knows all about these things. So that you could be right. That's a good reason for him to rejoice. He, he's got the whole answer. Right. But I think also that Paul was was a very, was a big shot in the Jewish religion. He was not just some little person. He was a Pharisee, and if I got my uh, scripture right, he was under the tutelage of Gamaliel, who was indeed a Sanhedrin. So I'm saying that Paul was on his way to the Sanhedrin, which was just about as high as you could go. It was like something like the Supreme Court of today. Right. So he lost an awful lot by turning to Christ. So in order for him to turn to Christ, he saw Jesus. He was taught by Jesus. He knows Jesus. And again, he just, in order for him to give up everything, the life of luxury, to be in a prison... I think he had a great faith. Um, I, I think you're really hitting on it. After all, he had all kinds of power as well. I mean, he had great influence, very much respected. But, you know, he didn't have a good personality before he knew God. He was, what would you say? He was cruel. He hated Christians. Oh, sure. <laughs> he tried to put the end to Christianity. That's right. That's what he was, that was his whole purpose in life was to put the end of Christianity. He didn't want to have anything to do with uh, Christians and he wanted to get rid of them all. So he really had to have a change of life to write this. That he's rejoicing and uh, extremely humble person. Uh, But his authority now is not because he was a Pharisee and respected with a lot of power. I mean, he could arrest Christians. Sure. But now he's so totally different. He allows himself to be put in prison. And he's not really doing anything except to obey God. What a change. It had to be a miracle. You can't change like that. I think that something happened on the road to Damascus that the Bible is not telling us about. Something you think there's really more? To, well, what did happen? Let's let's say someone doesn't know what we're talking about here. On the road to Damascus, if I remember right, Paul was on the way to arrest Christians mm-hmm. and bring them back and put them in bondage somewhere. Yep. But then Jesus spoke to him. Right? Do you remember how it goes? Uh, no, I'd like to go back. I can tell you what I think right now, but I'd like to go All back right. and read it again to be sure. But okay. I think that he was knocked off his horse. Yep. Or what? It might have been a camel. I don't know what he was riding. Well, I remember I, I, he, heard, he heard the voice of Jesus. Exactly right, and it knocked him off his horse. And from what I understand, he said, Who are you, Lord? Right. I think that he understood immediately whatever it was, uh, this bright shining light or whatever, he understood to my knowledge that this was was Lord. He was talking to the Lord. 
And, but I think more happened that the Bible really doesn't say about because he changed in a heartbeat. I know it. I mean, you know, it was like myself or other people. It took us a while to become Christians. Yes, but this is a different setting. I mean, he's hearing Absol- a voice come out. Absolutely. Uh, you're right, though. I mean, we, we don't respond that way because we don't have that kind of a personal encounter with Plus, with as much as a big shot, and I use that term, which is probably wrong, but he was a big shot. I mean, you know. Mm. Uh, and all of a sudden, just uh, give that up, all of a sudden, bang. Right, right. Uh, he just he had a conversion right there, right on the spot. Yep. So that his faith is this where we ought to look up the scripture on that. You guys remember where it is in your Bible, but isn't that the scene where he said, "It's in the book, Lord, Acts. what would you have me to do?" Was it something like that? We have to find the scripture on that. That's yeah, in the book of Acts. Yeah. yeah, we'd have to go back and and yeah. look at that and read it a yeah. little bit more. But I think that uh, there wasn't that much on the road to Damascus, biblically, yep. for us to know. Yep. You know? It's a, it's, it's, it really is a very amazing story of transformation. Yeah. That could never be possible without God doing a miracle like he did to have a conversation with, with Paul when he's on the road to Damascus ready to persecute more Christians. Uh, yeah, and, and yeah, do you remember as well when the um, when the people stoned Stephen? That is a story all in itself. That's another That's story a, in itself. It's a beautiful story. Uh, it is really something. Why was indeed Stephen put out to be a martyr when there was so many martyrs? I think it was because Paul was right there looking at it, and Mm -hmm. it may have put a seed into Paul's mind. Right. Right. Now, I'm not sure that, again, I'm saying opinions, Pastor, Mm. but I think that Paul stood there and watched Stephen, and the look on his face, I think he had somewhat of a, a look on his face. Right. That... Really, I think it cut to Paul in the first place. And then he, after that, he went to the, to Damascus. and it talked. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why he said, who are you, Lord? Mm. I, I, I think. Well, you know, while you, before we get back to um, Paul in his Philippian jail, getting back to that incident about Stephen... They wanted to kill him because of his Christian faith Mm -hmm. and what a great martyr he was. Um, They stoned him to death. The point is, we can't get into the details because that's another story, but they're stoning Stephen to death. The Apostle Paul is there, and he witnessed that, but he wasn't a Christian yet. He didn't have a personal encounter with Jesus yet. That's right. But so he watched Stephen murdered right before his eyes. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't. I mean, he was on the side of the bad guys. 
And now here as we read in the book of Acts that Paul has an encounter with Jesus and his life is totally transformed. I think so. I think when he was watching Stephen die, and if we could find it, I think it's Stephen's face had a a glow about it or something. I'm not sure. Uh, Like I say, we go back and read it. But I think that Paul saw this and said to himself, boy, I mean, here's a guy that's dying for something that doesn't seem to mind being stoned to death. Now, of course he minded it, but he still had, Stephen had the faith that, hey, I'm going to heaven. Mm -hmm. They're going to kill me. They're going to torture me. They're going to throw rocks at me, but I'm on my way to heaven. Yep, and he had that encounter where uh, Jesus appeared to him. He knew he was on the way to heaven, like you said. It's an amazing miracle and story that really took place a couple of thousand years ago. And you're right. Stephen is in heaven with many rewards, I'm sure, Yeah. for his testimony, his faith, and his outspoken word of love for people and, and for Jesus. But getting back to where we started here, In the book of Acts, and it's chapter 22, chapter 22 in the book of Acts, where Paul is, this is quite a while after Stephen was martyred, here is another part of Paul's life. Now, he's on the way to, on the road to Damascus, he's on the way somewhere to arrest Christians. Paul hated Christians. Paul knew his Christianity, he knew his education, he knew all about the Jewish faith, he knew the scripture. But now he would meet Jesus in a very personal way. And so you see here in Acts verse 22, uh, where... Chapter 22. Chapter 22, thank you. Uh, It basically begins here in verse 6. So if you can read a few verses there, Ray. Now it happened as as I journeyed and came near Damascus at about noon, suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? So I answered, Who are you, Lord? which that is a question. And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. Do you want me to go on? Uh, I think just one more verse there, verse 10. So I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. Okay. Do you notice Paul's writing this? It's it's Paul's direct testimony. Oh, sure. It's not somebody writing something about what Paul experienced. It's Paul himself Mm -hmm. that's writing that. 
about that experience, and you can all we can do is kind of imagine it, um, how he could be suddenly surprised by a great light from heaven that came down around him, and he fell to the on the ground and said and heard Jesus say, Saul, which is another name for Paul. Mm-hmm. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Here's a good question, though, Ray, and Ron, too, if you think of something. When Jesus said to Paul, why are you persecuting me? I don't see the Apostle Paul persecuting Jesus. What did he mean by that? What did Jesus mean? Why are you persecuting me? Well, I think he was persecuting his people. That's right. Yeah, yeah. he was persecuting Christians. At that time, was probably Jewish people. That's right. Who Paul was indeed a Jew himself. That's right. Who Jesus, who was indeed a Jew himself. I guess you could get to get a little devotional about this. Jesus is with us as Christians, any Christian, any true believer in Christ. Absolutely. Jesus is with us. Mm-hmm. And if somebody persecuted you or attacked you in one way or another, it's no secret to Jesus. He, he knows all about it. And, and that's what Jesus meant. Jesus is saying in so many words, you persecute my children that I died on a cross for. You're persecuting me. You bet. Because we are his people. And, uh, so he knows everything. But what an encounter. But Yes, and I suppose that even us in our humanistic way that we deal with life if Jesus came in a bright light to me and said I am Jesus of Nazareth man don't you think that I would change <laughs> I mean boy whew. I think you'd Might fall you, down off your horse yeah, too. <laughs> talk about dying right. <laughs> that, yeah. would, that would be wow so true yeah, I think that's what Paul did. I think Jesus, when he saw Jesus, that was it. Never mind the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, right. the Jews, or the Gentiles, or anything else. Right, right. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's such an amazing story. It's such an event that took place. No wonder Saul, who was a mean Jewish Pharisee persecuting Christians, and who knows how many he may have been responsible for their death, those mm-hmm. Christians persecuting and so forth. And for him to realize that he's been wrong. He heard from God, he heard from Jesus directly. Yep. Saul knew he was absolutely wrong. He was killing or arresting the people that belonged to Jesus. Jesus died for his people on a cross. And now his Paul's eyes are opened. Why are you persecuting me, Paul? Yeah. Jesus said to him, God identifies with us too, with everything we go through in our life. And if Christians are persecuted today, maybe some are. In our country, we don't hear too much about that, but in other countries... In China, other places, many Christians are severely persecuted. Mm-hmm. 
and even at times killed for the cause of Christ because they came to know Jesus as their Savior. So, yes, today many Christians are persecuted. And I think if my education is right lately and my reading, is it true that maybe China has the most persecuted Christians than anywhere else? Is that possible? Uh, there's so many Christians underground in China. And there are yeah. many, many, many Christians in China. Does that mean there's more in China than any other place? I, I think it, that might be true. I think I remember reading about that. Yeah, it could be. I, don't, I really don't know, Pastor. Right, I, I think so, though. But here, it does say that Paul followed his instructions yeah. to the letter. I yeah. mean, you know, Jesus said, go go on, where is it? Here, go to Damascus, and right. you will be told what to do. And right. bang, he got back on his horse right. or whatever it was, and away he went. Right. Uh, so he was following Jesus right from that minute he saw him. Yeah, he was never the same again. No, never the it same again. Totally yeah. transformed. Yeah. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. Yeah. Uh, just to say, to quickly get back to China for a minute, I do know many Christians in China can be erected, uh, arrested if they confess faith mm -hmm. in Christ. Many have um, meetings, Christians get together, have meetings underground in China because they could get arrested if they're caught worshiping Jesus and having Bible studies. We take it for granted that we're still in a country where we can still worship God and have a Bible, but that's not true everywhere. Pastor, let me ask you a question about China because I don't know. Is there any religion in China? Aren't all Chinese people supposed to worship the state? Or is there a, is there a religion? I mean, like, you know, there's Islam and there's uh, Christians, oh, yeah. and I don't know. Is there a religion? Yeah, you're talking about in terms of persecution. Well, we remember the Roman government killed many Christians, yeah. and they were thrown to the lions. I mean, there's, there's a lot to that. But I'm talking about in China today. Is today. a religion allowed? Do you know, Pastor Ron? It's the, all the churches are state. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They worship. They're run by by China. the state. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. They have, yeah. They have, they put up a prop. Uh, what I mean by that is, they allow churches there, but they can't say anything right. that okay. the government wouldn't want them to say. Yeah. So yeah. It's very obvious that they had to do things only by government mm -hmm. rules and regulation. We have to go. Our but, time is up. So I'm assuming that the state would not allow God to be talked about. No, no, you, that's right. You couldn't okay. have open, right. yeah. you can't. no open preaching, no open sharing. But I mean even in church, even in these... In church, they church. had to say the right things, but yeah. they could have some kind of a, you a know, religious ceremony. Yeah, okay. They wouldn't, um, they wouldn't let you preach Jesus, though. No, no. No, they couldn't because preach Jesus. Was a uh, missionary over there, and they yeah. all their worship was underground. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you know, we'll have to get back to it. Maybe the next time we get together, Ron, if you get more information about the persecution, and you too, Ray, anything else you find on this, why don't we get back to it? Yeah. 
it's a, it's a big story, and we could be led into other things about the Apostle Paul and uh, what's going on at that time of life. We weren't there at that time. Mm-hmm. But we have it all written for us. God, by the Holy Spirit, appointed certain individuals, and like Paul, to be a testimony of what took place in our history that many years ago so that we could know about God, about Jesus who gave his life on a cross. Think of it, friends, as we have to close down here. Think of how Jesus died for all of your sin, every one of them. He loves you now. He will forgive you for your sins, and he will come into your life, and you could be a friend of Jesus if you accept Christ and admit the fact that you really do need God's forgiveness. Ron, how about a quick salvation prayer? Could you do that for us? Uh, Lead somebody to the Lord right now. Lord, we just thank you for your salvation. And if anybody's out there and have questions, then we're here to answer them. But Mm -hmm. to... To be so sure of where you're going, the thing we have to do is to recognize Jesus Christ as the Lord and who went to Calvary. That's right. And shed his blood, suffered very, very much. And if we accept him as who he is and ask him into your hearts Mm -hmm. and your lives, you, you will be saved. And if you did that right now, you are saved. So we thank you, Lord, for your gift, the gift of salvation that you offer to all men who want to trust and believe in you. Amen. Thank you for that prayer, Ron. If, If someone did pray with you, and I believe there are people who prayed with you, and they accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Friends, let us know about it. We'd like to send you some good printed literature or pray for you if you have some prayer requests. Uh, you can send us an email. That might be the easiest way to go. The email address is host, H-O-S-T, host at agmradio.net, host at agmradio.net. If you prefer to write a letter, it's an easy address. Address your mail to Pastor Frank or AGM, P.O. Box 2003, Woburn, Mass., 01888. God bless your friends. Be back with us as soon as you possibly can. We'll be talking to you.